You're now listening to Hack and Grow Rich with Shaheen Shayan and his co-host, Bart Baggett, where we discuss hacking your way to success and the unconventional paths to unreasonable success with the people who've been there. And now, the author of Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult, Shaheen Shayan. Hey man, welcome to Hack and Go Rich special episode to talk about success hacks. Uh, Shaheen Shayan, one of my best friends and co-host, and we talk about success. We talk about people that are interesting, people that have made it, and see if we can help you get some shortcuts. Have you learned any shortcuts recently, Shaheen, or is it just hard work? Well, I think if you get invited to the Oscars, uh, you need to practice this move here. (laughs) So if you can practice that move here, don't have your hands behind your back, I think it's it's, it's very useful. So I think that's a success hack. But I... Next yeah. time I get a um, an Oscar, I will now keep that in my back pocket to protect myself if, if somebody costs me. Only if Will Smith is in the audience. Otherwise, you should be safe. <laughs> you know, I met a, a very interesting celebrity last night, uh, Seth Meyers. Now, if you guys are watching around the world, you may not know Seth Meyers, but he was the head writer at Saturday Night Live. He did the the uh, the news on SNL, and for eight years, he's hosted you know one of the best late-night talk shows called Late Night with Seth Meyers. And I was invited to this um, cool Hollywood event where he talked and they interviewed him and took a question from the audience. And I just thought I'd want to share like some of the five sort of success hacks that he experienced. And I thought you'd find it interesting because I didn't take notes, but I was like mentally, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And and because you wonder how, I mean, there's a lot of brilliant, funny people in the world, right? And, and, and late night talk shows, especially now with the internet, I haven't watched a late night talk show at night in years. I watch it at lunch the next day. So you don't have to be in the 1 o'clock time shot at 11, 11.30 p.m. And to follow in the shoes of David Letterman and Conan O'Brien and Johnny Carson is extraordinary. Um, have you ever watched that show? Do you like late night television? I love, well, I, I love Saturday Night Live. Um, you know, and they, they <laughs> sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're not, unfortunately. And when they're funny, they're really funny. And then when they're not, they're really not. And I think it's part of kind of this like democratization of comedy, which, you know, sometimes could really work and sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, yeah, I, I you know, but now I've got a kid. So late night TV is not really a thing. Um, and with Netflix, but, you know, unless I'm binging something, I'm not going to be doing late night TV. Well, what I'm, I'm just a big fan of comedy, and in the last 10 years, the news has been so hard to watch. I get a lot of my news from comedy segments, yeah. and what's amazing is having been a performer and been a radio host and, and, and doing stand-up comedy, it is so hard to get a three- to seven-minute brilliant piece of comedy. I mean, mm. it's so difficult, hours and hours and weeks and weeks, and yet these guys do it five days a week, and they're all pretty good. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, hit a, you hit a turd once in a while. Saturday Night Live, of course, they have four or five days to write all new material based on topics. But what I found interesting about Seth Meyers is he just sort of broke down some of the numbers. Mm. And speaking of jokes, here's something he said, which I found fascinating. So I struggle to get three to five minutes of really funny comedy, right? And yeah. the secret to having a Netflix special, according to people that have had Netflix specials on like stand-up comedy, is you basically weave together 10 great five-minute segments. 
Okay. And that becomes an hour, right? You know, 10 or six or seven great five minute segments. And it takes so much to figure out that five minutes. And I've seen Russell Brand work through stuff. We've, we've seen Kevin Hart and, and they're not funny in the beginning. And so like, I realize how hard this is to, to gain mastery over any skill. And this is just not comedy or acting or doing what you're doing with Amazon or, or businesses. And he said that every day he has a team of writers like really really good diverse writers and they submit as a group about 250 jokes and they choose 12. whoa how funny would i be if i had people giving me 250 jokes a day and i pick the best 12 hey this is bart bag guess what happened to joe biden today like it would be so easy right it would be so easy <laughs> how do you know which 12 are the best ones well, that, that's a curation process, but I think that after the years of experience of being on stage, you have an yeah. intuition, and you really can't test it. That's one of the reasons a lot of these comedians and performers do all this stage time to mm -hmm. test it. But one of the interesting things about Seth is he has a live audience, and so he and most of these late night have a live audience. So they do a run-through, and so does SNL, by the way. They do a run-through, and if something totally bombs, they can pull it out. So at least they have a test. And one of the great things I noticed about the, what I, what he said, Seth Meyers, is he said, man, when COVID hit, I'm in my attic with no audience and no cameraman. So he had no feedback loop whatsoever what was funny. Yeah. And, and if, you ever, if you were around and you were like, man, this is really awkward. Some of it didn't work because there was no feedback. And that's got to be hard. But you have to think that most of these guys that are you know elevated to the level of the national – talk show circuit have had 20 plus years experience of being on stage and doing improv. So intuitively they kind of have a better idea than you and me, what's funny, but that had to be really the most challenging thing ever for those late night go to do without an audience. If you've been spent 20 years training without an audience. And I found that just fascinating. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I, I think to your point, one thing we do know is that, when you have more choices, you make better decisions. And even if you go with whatever your first choice was, or you, you don't use all your choices, just having more choices equals more opportunities. And we know that that works. We're, we're live on Facebook now for all the people who watch uh, Hack and Grow Rich. We are live on Facebook. So. Welcome, guys. We're talking about an event I went to last night with Seth Meyers, uh, the, the the host of Late Night, NBC, obviously millions and millions of followers. And and I, I really figured out, like, what would be, like, his five success hacks? And the first thing we talked about is having a great team, having a lot of choices. In one of my books, Shaheen, I think it's called The Success Secrets Rich and Happy, I talk about always having an option C because when we're stuck in life, we see option A, option B. Divorce, stay with her. You know, take this job, not. And and I always say, look, there's got to be an option C, D, and E that we don't see necessarily. And sometimes saying no and waiting for the option C is the best option. What you were just referring before we hit the Facebook Live is Seth Meyers has 200, 250 jokes every day to choose from. And so he has yeah. so many options, it's bound to get to the best options. Like that yeah. would be such a luxury to have that kind of staff. But remember, he didn't start with that kind of staff. Nobody at this level, the Richard Branson, they don't start with hundreds of great people around them. They started alone, on stage, in an apartment auditioning. Uh, you, you're 
mixing herbs in your girlfriend's garage in 1991. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and no one knew who you were. You didn't have any money. You're like, this is a great idea. Let me see if this works. And then you're putting the bags together. Like you're doing it all yourself in the beginning. And I think that's what, what people do. One of the um, interesting things about him is, is, you know, we talked about planning uh, the last episode. I don't know if you guys heard it. But you were saying that it's it's kind of silly to over plan your life because you just never know what comes up. And then you end up being yeah. disappointed. And sometimes living in the moment is better. Is that a recap of what you were saying? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I was saying that you need to have systems that are full, that are uh, fail proof rather than goals, because goals tend not to uh, ever add up to very much other than it being a nice idea. But when you have a system, then it doesn't really matter what your goals are. Oh, okay, this is my goal. I want to make $100 billion. Okay, fucking fantastic. Write that on a napkin and put it in your pocket. Doesn't really matter. But if you say, hey, I got a system to make billions of dollars, then you could test that. You can measure your failures, measure your successes. So I think it's a it's a better way to go. Guys, if you disagree with us or agree with us, go ahead and comment on the Facebook Live. We are taking questions live. So happy to answer any questions you guys may have um, on Facebook. So please feel free to get us there. So what I found interesting is, is we talk about goals. And of course me, when I was 21, I wanted to be this and I want to be that. And, and I had these goals and sometimes they didn't work out at all. And sometimes my life created it wildly differently results. And Seth Myers, you know, arguably one of the more successful people in television now never really thought about being a talk show host. Like he literally is like, it never occurred to me to be the late night host like Johnny Carson. He goes, all I wanted when I was 21 was to be in Second City in Chicago. And he and he was a student, right? What's funny is they never hired him. That was his only goal out of college. I'll wait tables and I'll be funny, right? But in that process of being in Second City, um, he created these relationships. And then he got an offer to go to Amsterdam for an event called Boom Chicago, which is sort of like improv Second City, but in Amsterdam. And he's like, ah, oh, might as well take it, right? What he didn't know is that that would have been the most fertile training ground for comedy he could have possibly done. In Malcolm Gladwell's book, I think it's, um, he's got so many books, I forget which one it was, is he said the Beatles went to Germany when they're 17 mm. and they played six hours a night, seven mm. days a week in these little clubs in Germany, these four dudes, right? And they did it over and over and over for like six months to a year. And so they came back. Yeah, they're 17, 18 years old. But you know what? They've had like 20,000 hours of rehearsal. And what Seth Meyer said is he goes, man, you can't replace the stage time. You can't replace the hours and hours or minutes and minutes of having that improv and feedback and stuff. And it's hard. Dutch audiences weren't very generous. <laughs> it's like, if it wasn't funny, they didn't last. And the other thing that interesting happened when he was in his 20s, which I think built the foundation for where he is, and I think he also mentioned this, is that the people he was with when he was 25 are still helping him succeed and vice versa 20 years later. So, oh, for example, uh, I, I, one of my favorite shows is uh, is that show on Apple where uh, Ted Sudeikis and the soccer one. You remember what I'm talking about? Oh, Ted, uh, Lasso. Ted Lasso. Yeah, great show. Great show. Okay, such a funny show, right? And and I was like, man, I know who Jason Sudeikis is, but who's Brendan Hunt? Like, who's this brilliant co-star? Like, I've never heard of this guy, right? Brendan right. Hunt was in Amsterdam 20 years ago with Jason Sudeikis 
and and Seth Myers, and they've been buddies. So he had had twenty plus years of being in this comedy scene. So when they got the opportunity, who do you call? You call your buddies. You call your buddies that you trust. You call buddies with experience. You call your buddies that you know have amazing comic timing. And so like that, Brendan Hunt is not an overnight success. You know what I mean? Like he's got Emmys and stuff. He's been grinding it out for twenty years built the relationship, paved the way, and now the world's like, oh my God, how lucky is he? Because he's got a, a role on Ted Lasso, man. That guy paid his dues, paid his dues. He did, he did, and what a great show. So you were going to share five hacks. So the first one I would say would be what? Have more, uh, I guess, have more so, more options. Yeah. So, so, so options would be have great talent around you. So if you're going to do something and you can get people that are just as smart or diverse as you to give you options and bring you jokes, for example, and says, then yeah, you have options. But if you don't have talent around you and you don't hire wisely, you're just not going to see the options. Okay, that's sort of sort of both what you said, systems, like he has a system for creating a show and have options. So first of all, you got to hire great talent, which means you can't be a total douchebag. The second thing that I thought was one of his success hacks is that you have to have my notes for a second. Man, I just froze it. So, oh, repetition. Sorry about that. So the second thing is you have to have repetition, which means that you have to create mastery on whatever that you're doing. And so people that, for example, I see comedians all the time, they're just like, okay, man, I'm going to go to an open mic once a week. But they never rehearse in between there. So they're getting like four minutes of rehearsal every week. Like if you add that up, that's, you know, an hour rehearsal a year. Seth Myers went to Amsterdam and he had two hours or three hours a night for two years in a row. Mm. So what Malcolm Gladwell says is when you get like five to, I think it's 5,000 hours. Is that what he said? 5,000 hours of in-person repetition. Is that right? 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. Okay. 10, yeah. Yeah. 10,000 hours. This and I was like, I was like, how do you do that? I mean, you got to start as, as a hockey player when you're like five to get those 10,000 hours. Yeah. I look back at my career and I've had about 4,000 hours on radio, television, and stage all combined in, in my 30 years of professional experience, right? I'm not even at 10,000. But think about somebody who's like, I want to start a podcast. I want to do a comedy. I've been on three podcasts. That's like two hours, dude. You yeah. need five, six, 7,000 hours to be able to adapt in this live circumstance. So what I found is like, if you can get that incubation period, get an internship, get a mentorship, work for free for a couple of years around the people that you love, it may not pay now, but it pays off later in relationships. The last hack I had are two more is that you've got to develop long-term relationships with people mm. in your industry and they have to like you because nobody knew in 2001 or, or 1996 that Jordan Peele and Jason Sudeikis would be in Amsterdam telling dumb jokes. 20 years later, Jordan Peele is one of the biggest directors in Hollywood. Jason Sudeikis is one of the biggest actors, but those guys all are friends and they basically, when they have projects, they call each other and talk to them. You and I call each other and talk to projects because we have a friendship, a relationship. And and who was I talking to? There was so – oh, I know. A friend of mine, uh, his daughter's on a real big TV show. Um, and he's like, that's just not fair. Like it's not fair he can make a phone call to the network executive and his daughter gets a shot. I go, wait a second. That's exactly fair. 
yep. because he developed relationships for many, many years with these people. He didn't call for a favor. He said, hey, can you put her in line and consider her? And the funny thing is, the executive's like, look, I don't want to go with someone I don't know who it is. I don't want to go with some parent that's crazy. So, like, it's funny because people think that it's not fair that people get jobs relationships. I think it is fair because people have to make decisions on the, on the facts they have. And if you sow relationships for three, five, ten years, it makes sense that they would, you know, give you a call or, or touch base. I'm, I'm, um, another story. We'll talk. So that, that was the other thing. And I think the final thing is two things is not only do you have to be a good um, speaker, but you have to be a good listener. And that's mm. one thing Seth said as an improv, it wasn't how funny you were. It was, could you really listen in the moment and react? And a lot of people don't have a listening skill. And then I have one final one and we'll wrap it up. Last one. You got to know when to move on. And you and I have had this conversation too. So, so interesting about Seth Meyers is at every stage of his career, like in Amsterdam, he's like, I don't want to go anywhere. I'm so happy. I'm hanging out with my best friends. We're doing comedy every night. What more could I want? Then he gets on SNL. He's, 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 he's there. He's not even a head writer. He's so happy. He's doing, and he's like, okay, I'll be head writer. And then he realizes I don't want to go anywhere. I'm so lucky to be able to hang out with these geniuses. Like, mm. he, I don't even think you could call him ambitious, Shaheen. I think you can call the dude so happy. And what I thought is, you know who I want to hire? I want to hire someone who's really happy and really fun and really excited about their life. Like, I want to pick that guy and put him in my project. I don't want the hungry guy that's, oh, if I only had a chance, I could really do something. And so he had a hard decision to make and so he's the head writer you know he's obviously achieved all his goals and they said you know why don't we give you your own talk show and he's like yeah i've never thought about having a late night talk show and then he's like you realize and he goes i realize that i'm now one of the oldest people at snl and some point you got to go on especially in that industry and i would say same thing with acting and other companies obviously running a business like you you're not going to age out but people age out so he says, you know what, I'll just leave. And, and he started an eight-year run, and he's been really successful. So I think that's interesting to know when to walk away. And, and I, I bring that, and we'll bring it back to you, because you just recently transitioned from one of your favorite companies, which you loved, and you're like, hey, I'm going to do something different. And, and you didn't need to leave that company. You're making lots of money. How do you make that transition when it's time to move on, even if you're having wild success? What's that song? I think it's Kenny Rogers. He's so awesome, man. And it, a lot of unfortunate plastic surgery towards the end, but he was so good. What is it? You have to know how to hold them. Know, know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. What a great song. And know, and know when to run. And know when to run. <laughs> That's right. That's right. What a great, that, I think that was his, his greatest all-time song. And look, just like I tell people, and something I learned back in my trading days, Bart, is that sometimes you make the most money by the deals that you don't take. Similarly, I feel that sometimes you have to know when you are working on what's called a sunk cost fallacy, right? You pay 20 bucks for the movie. You're 15 minutes into it. Your 20 bucks is gone. That movie is shit. Don't lose your time. Don't lose your time because you're just losing more. You're like, well, if I stay, then I'm not losing the 20 bucks. No, if you stay, you're losing the 20 bucks and you're losing your time and your energy and your brain space and all that stuff. 
movies aren't that good anymore anyway. Just watch Netflix. It's so much better. Um, so I, I, I just, I really feel that people should be well aware of that. And, and for the people that are in my Amazon course, and also for our clients at Podcast Cola, I just recommended a book. I think I've recommended it on the show before, but it's one of my all-time favorites. And it's called Thinking Clearly uh, or How to Think Clearly. I think I have it here. Actually, in fact, I do. Um, it is called The Art of Thinking Clearly uh, by Rolf Dobelli. And in The Art of Thinking Clearly, Another great one uh, similar to that is Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow, Daniel Kahneman. I think a lot of people have read that as well. It, you, you just got to know that sometimes you made a bad decision and that's okay, but you have to be able to stop and change directions rapidly. It's one of the keys of successful people, which is what I think you're leading to. And I think you know that's, well, a, that's a really salient point. I think it's even harder when you're not in a bad decision, when you are having the success you need and you have to go, wow, I have two good options. Do I want to leave what's secure into something which may be wildly more satisfying or at least a different journey? Because at some point, even if you're loving the journey, oh, this is a vacation. You, I love going to the islands. I love scuba diving in Roatan. But you know what? I did that three times. Let's go to somewhere else. Sometimes you just want a change of scenery, even though you're really happy. So I just think it was fascinating. And I, I, um, you know, I always wish like, oh, what if I would have, you know, started acting when I was 21? Well, that journey took him 20 years to get there and he had a great time. My journey was wildly interesting and books and TV shows, your journey from stock market guy to, to drug dealer. Wait, did I say drug dealer? That's not fair. <laughs> you have to read the book to understand that joke. You have to read the book billions to understand that book. Billion, How I Became King of the Thrillpoke Cult, available on Amazon, and the Audible book recently dropped, so check it out. Thank oh, you, Bart. For you. Thanks I, for that I, shameless I encourage plug. you to do Audible, and I have yet to still make one of my Audible book. I feel so ashamed. I would love to hear your book on Audible. It's a, yeah, Your so book's the, a so the, thick the, the book. Audible, the Amazing Question is on Audible. Um, you can get both books for free if you're a listener of ours at getbartsbook.com getbartsbook.com. I think that's the magic question. And yes, I will now put that on my list to get the rich and happy book um, into, all, we, we've got some of it on, like I did like half of it and then I moved and got distracted, but yes, it would be very useful, but both of them are free. You got a lot of audio videos there. Get on our email list, stay in touch with us, hit the like button and subscribe, share with your friends. Hopefully we'll bring you something interesting, some hacks, some tools, some interesting conversations Shaheen and I have with, with our friends that are way richer and more handsome than us. And we can bring that to you. Yeah. Well, there you go. So Bart, thanks so much guys. If you want to Catch us. Make sure to like and subscribe. If you like this content, we'll be producing more. Uh, if you don't like this comment, make sure to troll us, leave negative comments. Whatever you want to put on is good with us. And if you want to learn more about me, check out shaheenshan.com. We'll include it in the show notes. Alternatively, if you want to learn about selling on Amazon, that's fbasellercourse.com or reach out to me directly, my direct email, darkzess at gmail.com, D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on great shows like this one, check out our sponsor, Podcast Cola, and we will include a link to the show on there. If you want to be booked on this show or similar shows, reach out to Podcast Cola, and we will go from there. Bart, thanks so much. That was super illuminating. 
And I look forward to having you go to more of these awesome Hollywood parties and events and <laughs> to let us know about all the cool shit that you learned from there. You know, I, I've really, one thing about the COVID situation and it, is that you don't have access to go mingle with interesting people. We, we've made phone calls, but you know, I can, I can think of three places I've been during that two year period when I'm around people that are illuminating. So now that the world is beginning to open, I will definitely be going to more events and hanging out with smart people. And of course, if we can bring them on the show, we will. And if not, we'll bring you the conversations and you can be a fly on the wall and maybe learn from some illuminaries. Is it luminaries? Illuminaries. I think it's luminaries luminaries like Shaheen. There we go. All right, man. Thank you guys for joining us and we will see you on the next episode.